Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome back to season two B-ish. I say that because I don't really know how podcast land works and if you do it by years or by seasons or I don't really know how it goes, but I figured we're going to continue on and we're technically in our first year. October is the month that we started last year. And so to be able to start again this year in October is such a joy for me. Of course, you know, I had words every season. The first season was I'm so excited. The next one was, I'm thrilled. And this year is overwhelmed. And overwhelmed, what I mean by that is I'm so overwhelmed that I get the honor and the privilege to use my voice and the platform that I have to bring amazing stories to you. It is an honor to be able to interview everyone. And for those who have said yes, thank you. And I am overwhelmed with gratitude, with joy, and with so much love for this sport. It has allowed it to grow in such a way that I really can't explain. But one yes is all it takes. And sometimes that one yes comes in a way that is unexplainable with challenges, twists, and turns. And sometimes we have to overcome in order to get the final result. And for those of you who've been following my story, you know, the moment I said yes to even starting this podcast, right after left, things were hitting me left and right. And I literally was overwhelmed in that sense, but not in a good way. However, this year I am overwhelmed in the most amazing way. And this season is all about overcoming those who have overcome the odds and continue to try beginner's luck, no matter what. And so welcome to this season. I hope you are around for the journey. We have some amazing guests with us. And starting with Mr. Johnny and Jeff Agar. I am thrilled. Let me give you a little bit of background about these gentlemen. This is a duo, a dream team, a father and son dynamic duo. And most recently finished their first Ironman at Ironman Maryland. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, Johnny and Jeff. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. How you doing? Oh, thank you very much for that intro, Machinda. That was awesome. Well, you're awesome. Oh, thank you. We're so excited to be on the podcast and and I love podcasts, so to be on one is just a delight for me. So, hey, let's but, do a dance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, Michelle. We're very happy to be here. Oh, I am so excited to be with you all. You know, when I saw the story, I know Johnny was like, if this girl does not get out of my DMs, she's like, hey, can you do this, please? What's going on? Text me back. I need you. But no, I'm just so thrilled overwhelmed, excited, amazing, all these things. Because what I know is that there is no easy feat when you try. And you started your triathlon career back in 2012. I want you to take me back to that moment, Johnny, and tell me what it was like to do your first ever triathlon. Well, I first competed with another team and I was, the guy was an extraordinary biker. So we we were behind the pace car for the first 10 miles of the 12 mile sprint of the bike. And we it was amazing. I mean, I've, I've never felt the feeling of like that in my life. 
having us rebaldy. And so to be able to experience that thrill was a joy for me. And I just love being out there with all the athletes. And, you know, I look at athletes, it's kind of like how I have to deal with my uh, stream palsy every day and that they have to push themselves to be better, to be stronger every day. And so after that, I was just hooked. You know, I, I wanted to do more. And uh, after doing a couple races with the group uh, called my team Triumph that I started with, dad said, well, you know, dad, saw the joy on my face and he said, you know, to my sister, why can't we try and, and do that with Johnny? So uh, that was how Team Hagar was born and and we had great people coaching us and helping us along the way. And pretty soon you do start doing longer distances. And and so now we're doing Ironman years later and uh, it's been a joy and a process to do with that. And, and I'm just so thankful for this sport and uh, the opportunities and the joys that it's given me. So, well, what an amazing journey of starting out and being out with a really good uh, cyclist where you could be behind the pace car. Only people usually dream of being behind the pace car because that means you're going super fast. So, the yeah. thrill of yeah. all that is just like, Oh my goodness, I yeah. want more of that. It's happen again for us. As long as we're together, it's not going to happen again. But, uh, but it was a good experience for him to see it for the, for yeah. the first time. Absolutely. And there's something about those first. And because your first was such a good experience and you entered into dad's world. And so now you and dad are partnered. Talk about the first race that you and your dad did together. And, you know, Jeff, definitely come in and share a little bit about uh, your experience as well. Well, Dad, it was a 5K, and Dad started training on a Tuesday for the 5K on a Friday. Uh, the race was on a Friday, and Dad started training on a Tuesday. So uh, that not was the smartest, a, not the smartest. A new thing for us. But the first triathlon was a lot of training. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the first triathlon was a, at Ludington Lighthouse, it was called. And, In Michigan. And Dad, uh, Dad and my sister did it with me, and it was just a, a whole new thrill for me because to be able to do a triathlon uh, period was an amazing experience because you get to experience all the different legs, but to be able to do it with your family, that's a dream come true, and and we get we got to celebrate that finish together and and so after after that we were hooked and and doing races pretty much every weekend because I loved it. Oh wow! So not just one or two races, but you were like racing all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It became pretty constant. We were trying to do um, at least a race every every week or two, uh, either a five k race or actually a small triathlon. Um, and it, it was new. It was new for us. I was not an endurance athlete at all. You know, I was younger. Uh, I played baseball and um, in baseball, you sprint once in a while, you know, you do sprints in the outfield, but you don't run long distance at all. And then, so I hated long distance running, uh, not a big fan of swimming in any kind of open water of any kind of substance at all. Um, and then biking was not something I did as a kid. That was it. But uh, so I was like the, the least likely uh, triathlete you would come across at that point. On his paper, uh, he biked on his paper. That's right about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, just to give you a perspective, and this is one of these things where I know you're something that we were talking about is overcoming things. Um, I mean, I would have sworn up and down, there's no way I'd ever do a, uh, a triathlon. And then I would have bet my life again that I'd never do an Ironman. So um, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you never know what you can accomplish to get the right motivation uh, until you, you know, start working at it really hard. But um, I would have never, never predicted where we are uh, today in this whole thing. And the first, um, first triathlon we did together, like Johnny mentioned, the one in Ludington, it was just kind of a goal to try one and do it. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you, you want to get past the mystery of what triathlon is all about. And um, just the, you know, the swimming in a big open water, something I never really had done. The, you know, I never had gone out past where I could touch necessarily. So it was, uh, everything was new about it. Um, we didn't know, we didn't know early on, but uh, it was a, quite an experience to try to actually do 
even a small triathlon. And I kind of thought that's where we'd stop, but Johnny had other ideas. So, you know, Johnny is, he's the driving force behind this team. And so take me to, you mentioned something about having the right motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that is truly all that it takes is the right motivation, the right mindset, and Mm -hmm. just saying, you know what, I believe in me, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So your first one, which was in, I think you said Lighthouse, was it? Ludington Lighthouse. Ludington. Yeah, Ludington, Michigan. Okay, so how was the swim? So we want to take the mm-hmm. take our listeners through this experience, your very first one. So what was the swim like? And what were the emotions that were going through uh, your body at the time? Yeah, swimming in Lake Michigan, which is a huge body of water. It's like an ocean if you haven't been to Michigan. It's, a, it's like the ocean. You just don't have sharks and you don't have salt. So it's really... The water is so clean. A lot of areas you could you could drink it almost. Um, so it was it was great to be in that water, but it's very cold compared to uh, an, in, an inland lake. And you know, so you have a full wetsuit on, and uh, it's just a, a shocking thing to be getting into pretty cold water and starting to swim um, in an environment where you're just not used to it at all. It's just not something you've ever really done before. So uh, it was it was kind of a shocking thing, but um, we did it with a group, and uh, if people are starting out then um, I think a group is a great way to go because you learn from other people who know what they're doing. But in this case, there's a group, um, they have them all over the country and there are different types of groups like this, but a group called My Team Triumph. And they take kids like Johnny uh, and adults and they run them through all kinds of road races and triathlons to give them as much of the experience as they can. And you typically have a two to three person team. They'll have a a boat, you pull the, the person in, for the swim, you have a bike where you're either pulling a chariot or, you know, pulling a cart behind you. And then you have uh, a jogger where you're pushing them for the run. Cool. And so with my team triumph is, do you, it's more like a relay where different people take on different parts or is the same person who's same, teamed up with the athlete? Is- yeah. The same three people do the whole race. You just have like one person will pull them on the swim. And then, then the next person will actually pull them on the bike and the next person will pull them on the run. But all three people stay with the person. In this case, um, the person who's doing it is called the captain and the people around them are called their angels. And so they will run the race with them and do everything with them um, for safety and all those kinds of things. You have this, this group of people around the person the whole time. Uh, but it's really a great way to break in and do one for the first time. Because as you know, the first time, it's such a mystery of what it's all about and how is it going to work. And you're out there with a bunch of people swimming, you know, kicking in the head, potentially other things. It gets kind of scary. So getting past the unknowns is a great way to do it. Uh, even if you do it with some other people with you, but uh, as a group, it really made it easier for us to transition into it. Awesome. And so the very first time that you did it with Johnny, mm-hmm. Jeff, did you do the swimming part or which leg did you do? Yeah, the um, the th- I think the first time I did the swimming part with him, and then another person did the bike, and then uh, then we alternated on the run with a few of us running with him. Yeah, awesome. So when did the transition happen to when it became just the dynamic duo? Tell me about that. Um, so t- I want to say it was twenty twenty. Well, maybe no. We kept doing it with a group until once we got to around 20 well coming out 2015 and and migrating to 2016 we had um done some longer triathlons made a couple small ones by ourselves but you always had somebody with you like in a kayak or something but at that point uh it coincided with johnny deciding he wanted to actually walk in races as well so johnny was told we were we were told when johnny was young that he would uh, most likely never walk never talk um, and some other cognitive issues. And he's, he's overcome a lot of those things where he's, he's learned to walk with his walker. But at the time, um, he had never walked more than 23 steps and he had decided he wanted to walk a mile, which is easily five to 6,000 steps. So just that in and of itself was a huge thing for him to overcome, uh, to set a goal so monumental. And just to put it in perspective, it's like you and I walk into the mailbox for the first time ever. It's the longest we'd ever gone. And then we decided my next goal, it's not to get around the corner of the street. I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon. So that leap from where he was to where he wanted to get to was of that magnitude for him. 
so that got him even more involved in these races and he started walking more and then um uh, did a 5k run where he walked the last mile at our at our church at a 5k they were putting on then uh shortly thereafter espn did a segment on their e60 show of johnny walking a mile in a race and so that really launched him uh from that perspective so then we started doing longer distance triathlons with him walking at the end of it we did uh a half ironman race in um st joe uh, michigan st joe benton harbor area called uh steel iron man steelhead if yeah. you're familiar with that michigan. oh yeah, yeah. So that's a good race that race yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a yeah great race so then that uh that got the attention of the Ironman people and NBC, who does the annual Ironman World Championship broadcast of the uh, race in Kona every year. And so they asked us if we would be interested in participating in the Ironman World Championship in 2016 uh, and having Johnny walk the last mile of the race, which um, up until that point, we'd never even done a half together. But it was kind of an evolution. And for us to do that race in Kona, then we would need to be able to do it on our own, not with a team. So that kind of migrated us into uh, doing races just with the two of us. Yeah, and, and to kind of add on to that, Mishanda, I my my idea to walk in races came about because I wanted to thank Dad for all the work that he had done for me, and so. Uh, I knew I knew that was a big goal for myself uh, to be able to do that when I had only walked 23 steps. But all the other athletes that I had been around were so positive and, and they were so willing to help uh, me do certain things that I, I recognized to myself, okay, if I have the right training plan and the, and the right mindset to be able to do this, then I can put forward the training and the um, pursue my goals the way that I wanted to. So it, um, triathlon and races isn't really so much about the medal. Uh, for me, it's about, you know, being around people that I can, I can really relate to. And for me, having a cerebral palsy and being in a wheelchair, um, be, being in a wheelchair, you wouldn't really necessarily think of a, a person like me being um, being able to relate to an athlete. Uh, but I think, you know, that's an important part of triathlon. And it's really helped me to um, not only grow as a person, but also um, understand what I can do uh, physically as well. So I'm supposed to be talking right now. <laughs> yeah it, but, it happens to us for a good life i'd like his your his e60 story that they did which mm -hmm. espn is notorious for making people cry but i've seen that thing you know hundreds of times and uh i still get i still get teary-eyed when i watch it so uh, it's uh you see what i gotta deal with every day it's, uh, <laughs> you can see why you can get motivated to do crazy things when you're hanging around with johnny sorry about that like you removed every limitation that was ever labeled to you. You removed it all. And you were like, no, this is what I want to do. And that desire comes from a deeper place. And that's also purpose. Like you, oh, okay. You were put on this earth to fulfill the purpose of what you're doing right now and to encourage other people, to give them to overcome. And as uncomfortable and the things that you've had to endure, no one else could endure that but you. You were built for such a time as this. You were built for the strength that you have in you, that you are able to say it's your mindset. You have people who can walk on their own recognizance and still choose not to push themselves or try. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, you, you have to have the right motivation to do it. And he's, you know, he's always wanted to be an athlete. So that's what drove him to try to do a lot of these things. Um, but the, the process is very long and, and uh, it's difficult. And failure is like a constant thing in Johnny's life. And it is for a lot of people too, but, uh, but he's trying to use that 
as a just a stepping stone and and we've tried to teach him that my wife primarily of you know you're gonna fail at things but don't you look at it as a failure look at it as a stepping stone to the next thing and, and and that's what that's what i like about iron man specifically is they don't allow us to have any uh shortcuts and certain things and i think you know you wouldn't necessarily think of a person being able to swim, bike, and run. Uh, but for me, you know, I look at it as doing something that I sh shouldn't be able to do, but yet I do. And so uh, that's, that's really a, a thing that I, I really loved um, about races and triathlons. Yeah, so that's, that's allowed him to get over hurdles and, and us as well. And so as you think about... You know, we, 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 the, it's like probably not the smartest thing to do to try to do, uh, the very, your very first triathlon was the one in Kona, Hawaii, the which first is, uh, full. Yeah. yeah, the first fall that I mean, it's, it's labeled the most brutal one day endurance event on the planet for a reason. <laughs> the weather's brutal. The uh, conditions are brutal. Um, it's very hilly and everything. And so, but we, we tried to do it not even knowing what we didn't know. So it probably would have been helpful to, um, know more about what triathlon we were getting into it, but it's one of those things where. Um, and my wife especially was pushing us to see that even though we didn't make it, something great could happen out of the whole thing. And it's hard to see that at the time where, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, if you're going to have a failure, what well, we did on in front of millions of people on NBC. So it wasn't the most exciting thing not to have a work out well, but um, and, and we can talk more about some of the details. But some of the stuff that's happened since then is um because of not making it originally, because we kept working and working, then uh, Johnny's been in a commercial with the greatest Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps for Under Armour. He's been another Under Armour commercial with probably the most recognized actor on the planet, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Johnny's got a book out about, you know, mainly about overcoming adversity, overcoming um, obstacles and all that kind of stuff. And it, none of that stuff would have happened had it not been for not making it in Hawaii, you know, if we'd have made it, we'd probably have been like one and done and say, yeah, we've done the best one. We know we're going to stop doing these things. And um, so it's, it's, it's forced us to keep moving, keep pushing, keep trying to find a way to, to get to a full Ironman and um, achieve Johnny's dream. So uh, some great things have happened out of it. Just the time, like anything, you don't see it right in front of you, but my wife kept saying, Hey, something good is going to come out of all this stuff. And I kept saying, nothing good is going to come out of it. Right. It's like an idiot, like a, like a typical husband does, but uh, it turns out so many things have come out of it that have been great that we never would have expected. And and, uh, and, and here we are today. Uh, so it's been great. And that's, that's what I would say, Michelle, for somebody that's just starting out in triathlon is um, you might not have the, you might not have the best races uh, that you want to starting out, but it's, you know, you have to learn something from each experience. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And how can you better, how can you take what you learn from that race and, and better yourself going forward? So that's, that's what we did with our previous Ironman attempts and it helped us in our la in our sixth one uh, at Maryland this yeah. past weekend. Yeah, it's, very, it's difficult to go through when you don't do to get a DNF, you do not finish, right? Um, but those can be stepping stones, to other things. And if you're, if you're just in it for the metal, then that's not great. But if you're in it for what you get out of the whole sport and the community you're around and the super positive people and your own fitness and everything, then, uh, those are words a little more important. And then, you know, you eventually get to the point where you do get the metal you really want. Hmm. Again, I should pass you an offering because this is good to my soul. <laughs> I mean... I'm going to let you, Johnny, be the host because you are <laughs> like, I, I'm stuck. And there's a rare moment that I'm ever just st stuck and, and, and have no words, right? There's, I'm, I always have something to say. And in this moment, I'm just sitting here like, yes, 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 you're <laughs> right. You you know, you, your wife, Miss Becky is so on point when she says that something good will come out of it. Mm -hmm. And there's these, um, uh, 
some wisdom that says that nothing will ever be wasted. Mm-hmm. And I may have it wrong or twisted a little bit, but like everything works out for your good. Everything, right. yeah. even the things that feel like they are crappy works out for your good because to your point, there's always lessons to be learned. And let me just say that DNF that you've experienced, plenty of people have experienced, including moi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, in various circumstances and most notably, um, to your point, uh, Johnny, I uh, did. I can't even really get it out of my mouth. Iron Man Marilyn last year. Yeah. And had a horrible allergic reaction and the film yeah. crew was filming me and it was such an emotional ending. And I'm oh, like, yeah. but why show an ending that didn't really happen? Oh yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. so you feel the psychological part of that is you got to go through the feels and the emotions of feeling mm-hmm. like you've been defeated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you got to build yourself back up. And that's the hardest part I feel like is, the building yourself back up and the, the confidence to believe in you again, mm-hmm, right. that's tough. And the fact that you've done that, take me through what that is like, because I know that we have listeners out there who, you know, failure is one of those things that we don't like to do because it has yeah. such a bad stigma, but yeah. failing forward and learning from your mistakes and using them as stepping stones like you all did, that's what we have to do. So take me through having the multiple DNFs and how did you overcome and build yourself back up for that? You know, it's, you say that you're surprised by, because I did it, but in reality, it's because of what I learned from you guys. You guys always push yourself to, to understand how you can better do things and push yourself past your limits and, and, who am I to sit there on the bike and uh, sit there on the run and um, sit in the boat on the swim and look at everybody around me and say, okay, uh, how can I learn from these people? And and how can I not take these lessons in my own life and, and use them as motivation for me? Um, and so that's why I kind of started walking myself as I said, okay, I may not be able to swim, bike, and run, but I can show dad and I can show these people around me um, that they really helped me. And and um, and so it's, it's just all about um, taking these lessons and putting them into action for me um, is, what, is what I what I think so. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important to have uh, a goal, not just finishing a race, but kind of what are you truly trying to shoot for? Right? Why are you doing all these things? And uh, that, that allows you, because when you're trying to work out and do all the training, especially for an Ironman, it is a, it's a lifestyle commitment, right? You know, you've been through it and you have to plan your day out with the, you know, the weather and the training, are you going to go inside You do stuff outside uh, the duration, who are you going to, who are you going to work out with? And it's a tremendous amount of planning. Um, and then when you feel good, it's no problem. Right? And the days you don't feel good, that's when it really is important to get good workouts in. So you really got to have a, a strong goal. In this case, you know, trying to get Johnny to to uh, formally meet the deadline to have gotten to an Ironman. That's really what kept us going and focused. You know, when you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go swim at the Y and, and uh, you know, long weekends where you spend 10 hours biking on a Sunday, uh, pretty much consumes your day. So you, you got to have a reason what to do it. Um, and so that helps for sure. But it's, uh, you know, it's the mental side of it too, of, of just deciding, even if you don't make it through that race, uh, you're just going to continue to keep on driving towards your goal. Cause we've had, we've had five DNFs in an Ironman event and we've had strange things happen. We had, you know, the one in Kona was just a mess. We got halfway through the bike and missed the bike cutoff. Um, we had another, uh, time in Texas where, uh, I didn't realize in Johnny's chariot, he had a flat tire. I just thought that, you know, wind is, was kind of brutal. And I thought, well, we're just hitting this, these headwinds, but he actually had a flat tire for a third of the bike. And, uh, so that was, that was tough. That, that made us miss the race. Another year there in Texas is over hundred degrees. Um, previous to that in Indiana, it rained for six hours during the bike, just kind of a driving rain. And so we've had strange things happen along the way. Um, but we just kept looking at them as another learning experience. 
you know, when, when we didn't make the race and the finish in, uh, in Kona, Hawaii that year, NBC was filming Johnny and I didn't even realize he had said it, but they'd asked him when we stopped, they said, uh, you know, basically, what did you think? And Johnny said, well, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And I was expecting to say, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Right. But, uh, it really captured, you know, really captured things. And I didn't even know he said it until I saw the, the NBC broadcast. And it really encapsulated that we are having to do uh, and, you know, learn from our mistakes, not just learn from your training. Uh, ideally, you learn from people that you interact with. Uh, and that's, I think, an important part of the whole development. But you have to learn by doing sometimes. And sometimes that doing is experiencing failure. Uh, then that drives you to not want to have that happen again. And so if, if, if people... You know, if they have a DNF and they feel like, ah, oh, I shouldn't be doing these races. I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough or whatever. Just realize you can't have it worse than in front of millions of people having a DNF and them all knowing about it. You know, your, your friends might know about it, but when it's broadcast on national TV, um, it's a very humbling thing. But it does create a situation where hey, you don't want that to happen again. And, and you don't want to have uh, things go against you, but but they're going to. Right. You can you can hope all you want to, but you have to work hard at it. And, you know, so after the sixth try, uh, we just finished in Maryland and it was an epic finish. You know, Johnny walking at the end was, was really awesome. Um, and all the stuff that's happened between not finishing and getting to that point has been incredible. And it's, I could look at it as well, you know, it's, a, it's, uh, you know, I don't like it cause we didn't finish races, but my goal was doing all these things for Johnny. So it allowed me to get over it. Right. So, if you have, you know, the, the individuals that are in your audience, if if they can set some, themselves up to do something for somebody else, it allows you to stomach uh, when you don't make it yourself. Because it's not about you. It's about the other person or the people you're trying to help or their cause you're trying to bring awareness to. So that allows you to get past it and to keep on moving. And now when, uh, you know, you've, when we finally finished, um, I mean, ESPN put a video out of our, of the race has been viewed over 8 million times. So now, you know, the, the, the few million people that might have seen this finish in uh, in Hawaii that first time through, um, now you're looking at over 8 million. That's just on Instagram. There's been other on Twitter. There's uh, been other videos of our race. So, you know, you get easily 10 million people have seen Johnny and myself finish an Ironman race. So, and, and showing that they overcame tremendous adversity and tremendous, um, you know, what you might call failure to get there. I think that's motivated a lot more people than if we'd have made it the first time and through in Kona, it'd have been like, well, you know, they must be, they must be good triathletes and they got through this. No big deal. Um, it shows that we weren't great triathletes and we just, you know, worked hard and had to gut it out and make it happen. And I think that's probably more motivating to people when they say, Hey, here's this old guy hauling a kid through a race. Um, if he can do it, I certainly can do a lot more than I'm doing in my own life. And, uh, that's really what Johnny's trying to do is inspire other people uh, and myself too to inspire people to take on and do more than they ever dream possible. And and I think it makes my my stream policy much easier for me to take in that, you know, if, if I understand that I'm my challenges are there to help other people, then then it just makes my hunger to keep going much easier and and much easier to take mm -hmm. so yeah and we're and we're not extraordinary people it's just we've been put in an extraordinary situation where we can tap into the you know the the god-given uh talents we have albeit limited when it comes to triathlon i was i was an athlete when i was younger because i could throw really hard i could throw a football long ways and i could throw a baseball really hard i was not a superior athlete as far as running and jumping and everything else um so it's really uh this is not a sport where it was like i was born to do it it's a sport I've had to evolve into. But if I can go from 12 years ago or so, let me a little longer, but having never run a 5K before, and now we've finished an Ironman with me pulling another human being around, and he keeps getting bigger. I keep telling him to scale back, and I don't. <laughs> uh, if I can do that, then you know I guarantee people can do so much more than they ever thought possible. But you got to have a reason to do it. You got to have some something inspiring you to do it because it's hard to do on your own. You know. That is true. Training for an Ironman does take the dedication that you were talking about. It takes the planning, mm -hmm. you know, from meal prepping to, uh, you know, laying out your your clothes the night before so that you're ready to get up. Just when that alarm clock hits at 
for you guys, 4.30 for me, well, 4 o'clock for you, for me, it's like 4.35, may hit the snooze button a couple of times. Then it's six o'clock before you know it. You're like, oh crap, I got to get up and do my workout. No, because things happen. Your body is tired. Your body is adapting at different levels of the training. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to plan. And it's more like a part-time job because for some people, they can get out there and they don't have to necessarily work hard to um, to train. And so their training sessions may be 12 hours a week, where some other people's may be 17 hours a mm-hmm. week or 18 hours a week. And so there's definitely a huge scale and a huge variance. And it's not mm-hmm. to say that one is better than the other. Right. It's just very different, right? And so the planning of it all, Johnny, like, how is this for you in your social life? I mean, you are a young whippersnapper. You got, you know, things that you want to do outside of training all day. So how do you balance the the love for training and wanting to inspire people and, and be inspired by others to continue to do this as well as to have a balance to your lifestyle? Well, well um, there's not much more that I like resident triathlon, so I, I wouldn't. Much rather spend hours and hours training with that if you know if it meant that I was I was gonna have a good time and enjoy what I love to do. So um but I have friends too and, and but triathlon is is mainly my fun. That's what I do for fun. So maybe not for dad, but that's what it is. I do for fun. So. But I think being out training with groups of people, it helps you to get through the training a lot better. But then the social aspect of it is good too, where you're out with other people trying to do the same things you are. And, and then yeah. that gives Johnny an opportunity to talk to people other than uh, just me all day. So. <laughs> Which I'm sure the way Johnny admires you and looks up to you, he's like, there's nothing better than being with dad. So I know he's heard, yeah, he's yeah. heard all my stupid jokes. So he's, he gets tired after a while. So <laughs> oh, some other people's You got dad jokes. We want to hear some of these dad jokes. Oh no, you know, you, you don't want to, grow. No, we don't want to lose your listeners. So uh, we better keep those under wraps. <laughs> or lose your lunch. <laughs> I love it. So what is your favorite discipline? Is it the swim, the bike or the run? I, I like I like the bike mainly because that's where we spend a lot of our time. So I like the I like to kick that in the butt a lot of a lot of time. So um that's where we spend most of our time. Um that's where we have most of the trouble making the cutoffs and <laughs> so I like to see where we're at as far as our training goes and, and so on. But my least favorite part's got to be the swim, though, because I can't communicate with Dad. Otherwise, he thinks it's an emergency. So um, that's kind of hard. But but other than that, I like the I like the bike and the run. The bike and the run. Yeah, and that's understandable. Here's the deal. You know, whether you can communicate with your dad or not, and that's why you don't like the swim, there are people who just don't like the swim because they just don't like the swim. And so welcome to being a part of the tri family. <laughs> yeah, the swim is very hard. And it's, uh, it, it, our, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where you just don't think about that much, but some of the best advice we got, um, and I don't have that much advice for people, but uh, being warmed up before you start swimming is something that I've, just didn't realize you know you when you're running or biking you just kind of take it easy and you warm up as you're going and um but when you jump into water especially if it's cold water you're all excited for a race if your lungs aren't fully functioning if you're not warmed up and everything's lubricated in your body then it is really tough and you see a ton of people in the first couple hundred yards they have a heck of a time and sometimes they get pulled from the water because they're just not ready so for us i I always run at least a half a mile and i can Get the point where my lungs are breathing deep. I'm everything's working well. Um, I finally got that advice from somebody because I I just kept thinking, man, every time I start swimming, it's just so hard. Um, and I feel like I want to stop. You feel like you're drowning and you can't because you're, you're so excited with the race. So being fully warmed up, um, it's not gonna hurt you to run a little bit before you actually get in the water. And, and, and you you're you're just so much more prepared, your body's prepared, you know, not for battle, but to do the race, and then uh the swim is much more enjoyable. Because you're already warmed up and you're not trying to warm and up. And then you said water. something to me about the nutrition being the fourth leg of the. Well, that's the other piece too that you you just don't think about nutrition. In fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, "Yeah, I used to go out and uh, 
you know, I'd bike um, for, you know, several hours at a time and, and it was really hard. And then uh, she went out biking with a group and they would all be eating along the way. And she said, holy cow, you mean you actually eat stuff or, you know, taking nutrition? And she did it the next, the next bike and uh, it was like night and day difference, right? So you just don't understand how much nutrition is, is helpful for you. And even if you, you know, quote unquote carb load, that only lasts for an hour to an hour and a half. Um, you can't eat enough ahead of time to uh, to reinforce what you need throughout the um, the either the training or the race. So learning about nutrition is so critical. Uh, and the last piece I'll say is that uh, you know I eat a lot of salt or I take in a lot of salt, and I always thought I had too much. Um, I finally got a salt analysis done because I would my legs would cramp up all the time when we're doing really long distances, and uh, turns out that I take in way below the amount of salt a person should take in when they're sweating and they're working out. So where I thought it was a heavy, uh, heavy consumer of salt, I am horribly deficient in it. And now when I take I, I, what I feel like are massive amounts of salt now, but I have a prescribed amount after the salt analysis is done by a professional. Um, I take in the right amount and leg cramping is, is no longer an issue, but uh, I've had it before in in races where my legs are cramping so bad that I really couldn't even go on. And and so you you don't think about that the training you think about the running and swimming and biking maybe maybe strength training along the way too, um, but understanding your nutrition needs especially salt is especially if you're doing longer distances like a half or longer, that's probably more critical than everything else because you can be trained up in great shape and if you're deficient in salt and electrolytes then your day is shot and you're uh, you just can't keep going. So one of the few bits of advice that. Uh, we really didn't learn enough early on and we kind of learned by trial and error. Um, but those are some key areas to research and, and to get a salt analysis done to find out, are you a heavy salt, uh, heavy sweater uh, of, of salt or are you uh, a low, uh, a low salt sweater? Okay, guys, you heard them warm up, prime the veins, prime the vessels, prime your bones. It's important um, to warm up before your race. A lot of people, raise my hands <laughs> uh, may or may not warm up before a race uh but it's good advice like i have a race coming up very soon and um actually this weekend at uh i'm trying to think of the place waterman's mm -hmm. and um i'm doing this race as a you know an olympic and i'm like oh maybe i'll try that you know warm yeah. up just a little bit even though you shouldn't try anything new before race day or on race day, but this is like a training, a, a training race for me. Yeah. And so I think yeah, that's really good. Idea for sure. Yeah. Nutrition. Yes. Nutrition is a discipline part of triathlon. Mm -hmm. It is the fourth discipline. We've talked about that last season. Make sure you know what works for you, whether mm -hmm. it's a liquid nutrition, whether it's you like food, some people like hamburgers, listen, whatever is your thing, <laughs> right. make sure you do you and make sure you're taking care of yourself and but train, but train with it. Don't, don't all of a sudden go, Oh, that looks good. And then try that on race day. Exactly. Upside your stomach and have a kind of issue that can blow your day too. Exactly. Don't, don't do anything new on race day. Exactly. Except for me, cause this, you know, coming Saturday, I will be priming my muscles beforehand, yeah. you know, and warming up, you know, it's really not oh, anything yeah. new. Your body's warming up when you're trying to do it in the water. Uh, it's just very difficult to warm up as you're swimming. So yeah. if you warm up ahead of time, you'll be ready to go when the race hits. And uh, so I'd say it's not anything, not anything new to say, to shy away from. Um, now it'd be nice to do it before your long swims, your open water swims, getting loosened up, you'll, uh, your body will get used to it. But it's amazing how, um, you know, the, I mean, the other things we've learned along the way is your body knows stuff that you just can't uh, imagine how it happens. So for example, I've seen people that will, do certain run workouts and then they stop and their body starts learning that, okay, I run a long distance and I stop. So then if you get into a race and suddenly you feel like, yeah, this is hard. I'm, I'm going to walk through the aid stations and I haven't trained to walk and then keep running. Your body thinks, oh, okay, you stopped. Now we're done. And mm -hmm. you actually can start shutting down and it's hard to rub it back up. So if you're a person like, so we, we in long distances like this, we'll do run walking where we'll run for a certain amount of time, walk for a minute, and then run for a certain amount of time. And it helps us psychologically think that, okay, I got to run for the four or six, nine minutes, whatever, I can do that. You know, nine minutes is not a big deal, but running 26 miles is overwhelming, right? If you break it into pieces. So, but you have to train that way. 
So wh whatever you do, uh, train that way. So your body gets used to knowing, okay, I run for a while, then I walk a little bit, then I run for a while. And, and uh, we've had this coach with, uh, of the run group we belong to. And he's, um, he's talked about that many times. Your body adapts and it starts figuring out, this is what I do. And if you stop, you're not going to start running very well again because your body thinks we're done for the day. Yeah, so... This is all solid advice. I don't have anything to add to it because it's solid. And just stay salty. For those of you, or, or for those of us, because Jeff, you and I, we are part of the salty crew. Yeah. We just yeah. add a lot more flavor to the world. You know, we just get to <laughs> sprinkle our salt and sprinkle our fairy dust everywhere. So yes, but take care of yourself because cramping is, it's not fun. It is not fun, uh, but definitely take hard, care of yourself. Job. Yeah. If you, yeah. I'd say you do cramp a good amount. Um, Taking salt tablets in some quantity is going to be better than not. But uh, if that's happening to you, find out why and get a get a real salt analysis done. It's very simple that uh, a local health institute can uh, do a salt analysis on you. So. I love it. What is the favorite distance? Because I know you do them all. Mm -hmm. But what is your favorite distance that you enjoy doing the most? Uh I I like an I like a Iron Man because it's challenging, but I also like the Olympic distance because it's long enough uh, to where you're you feel like you've um, done something hard, uh, but it's short enough to where it's a short day too. So. Yeah. you actually can feel like you can walk when it's done as well. So uh, yeah, the I, I'd say the same thing. Where we like the shorter distance ones, just because you you get them done quicker, you get to do all three disciplines, but um, it doesn't take up your whole day, and you actually can you can function afterwards as well. But uh, but we are growing the Ironman distance now. We uh we have liked that a lot more than we did a week ago. So <laughs> now that we've gotten through one, yeah, I love it. So do you have what's on you? Is this your off season now, or do you have any other races that you will be doing uh, later in this year? And what's on the tap for 2023? So the, we're doing the Grand Rapids Half Marathon. It's a it's a half marathon slash marathon uh, by us in West Michigan. It's a great uh, half, uh, marathon if anybody's interested, but it's. Uh, and then, and then we're doing that's probably it. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a bunch yeah. of five Ks, like yeah. um, a resolution run on December thirty first, and the the turkey trot on on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day, just yeah. so we can eat more turkey. Yeah, exactly. So we'll do some shorter exactly. races, so we don't have anything longer planned. The um, I mean, our ultimate goal and uh, Johnny's dream goal is to to get invited back to the Ironman World Championship in Hawaii. Um, it's actually coming up in about a week in the current year. So our, our goal would be if we could get invited back and you have to get invited. You can't really qualify as a team. Um, they have to invite you. Iron Man has to invite you. And so our goal is to get invited back to that. We'd have a year of training that, uh, we could do very focused on that event. Um, so, but that's the dream to get back there and actually finish that race since we started there. And that was, uh, it was what, what really got us prompted into doing longer distance triathlons was, uh, when we got invited to Kona the first time. So um, it's uh, not a guarantee by any means, but uh, we're hopeful that it might be uh, a possibility to get invited back. I love that for you all. And as I was thinking about it, I had an epiphany because of course we record a little bit ahead of time. And so mm -hmm. when this airs next week, it will be Ironman World Champion Week. So what? Oh, yeah. Yes, we want that for you. And who knew? Well, there's someone who knew. God, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Uh, for even giving me the insight to not knowing that that was a desire for you. So Iron Man, listen, we have Jeff and Johnny Ag Agar right here, and they want to get an invitation to world championships next year in 2023. Can you make that happen? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Maybe have the phone that we need, Michelle. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, better for getting a whole group of people praying for us but uh but yeah it's a it would be just like the culmination of things for sure it'd be a, a great opportunity talk, talk about beginners luck my goodness gracious yeah mm. <laughs> do you see me doing the dance over here like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. oh you're doing the dance too johnny let's do it hey <laughs> yeah, johnny dancing you're the motivator now so uh, 
<laughs> well, we're both the motivating factors. I love it. Okay. This has been a great, great time. Thank you so much. I wanted to kind of tie you back into something you mentioned earlier. Johnny yeah. is an author. Let's yeah. talk about this book. Tell yeah. us more about the book, Johnny. So I, I wanted to write a book after I graduated from Aquinas College, a small college by us. And so when I graduated, uh, people would always ask me when I um, went for speaking engagements and things, you know, who are the people behind you that allow you to do these things? And and how, what's the process like for you to, to do these things? And so, um, after I graduated school, I, I sat down with my mom, who was my teacher all throughout uh, high school, um, because she homeschooled me and my sisters. So I sat down with my mom, and, and we wrote The Impossible Mile, which was my journey to um, walking in races and, and how I... Um, what my thoughts were as far as uh, races and things. So, and overcoming the challenges. And overcoming the challenges that are associated with them. So. I love it. And just so everyone knows, the uh, proper title is The Impossible Mile, The Power in Living Life one step at a time and it is available on amazon and is it any other places do you have like an audible version sure yeah it's it's on audible or it's on my website uh johnnyagar.com yeah and it's uh in west michigan it's available all meyer stores if you yeah. know the area yeah then uh meyer stores carry it and meyer has been one of our biggest sponsors over the course of time so they've carried his book but yeah it's available on uh on amazon and i like any of the major booksellers, like Books a Million and any other major booksellers, it's all available there as well. So it's done. Yeah, his book has done very well. Um, it came out when it was, it was number one on Amazon for his category for uh, for quite a while. And uh, it's it's been uh, really a, a pleasant surprise about how many people have taken motivation from it. Um, the uh, uh, the main endorser is a guy named Michael Phelps, the greatest triathlete, I mean the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. So Come that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I want I want him to do the, the swimming leg with me at some point. That would be awesome. Oh okay. I'm getting way too excited again. I have to call see what you do to me. You get me so excited about it. You better go out and sign up for another race now, Pat's the one after the weekend. So I know, right? But he's he's motivated a lot of people. We've you know, there's some great stories in the book about people that is motivated. Um, you know, I mean, it, one lady even told him that she saved his life um, or that Johnny saved her life because of the situation she was in before she saw him on uh, on the, the ESPN E60 show. So just extraordinary things have happened throughout our lives. Um, you don't always see them at the time, but you look I'll, back I'll, at them and they're pretty awesome. I'll thank, I'll thank the, you and your listeners and, and people like you, Mishanda. So, Mishanda, so. I love it. Remember, it's the impossible mile, the power in living life one step at a time. And that's, you can get it at Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y-A-G-A-R.com, Amazon, Audible, and uh, in Myers bookstores in Michigan. So yeah. that is fantastic. Okay. We have this thing that we do at Tribe Beginners like that we can't let you escape. So you have to participate with us and okay. it's called rapid fire. So we have a couple of questions where you just shoot off the top of your head, what it is that you think at the moment, whether it may be silly or not. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun. Okay. Sure. All right. What's your favorite music artist? Uh, Zach Brown band. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, dad? Boy, I just I just listen to top forty and uh, and uh, country music, so I've got a ton of them. Um, huh? Oh, my my wife yelled yelled my my favorite apparently according to her is Michael Bublé because that's all she <laughs> listens to. So I guess I had that's uh, that's what I listen to. So uh, is mom going to come over here and take a visit? I mean, since she's yelling, <laughs> come on, mom, let's see. Well, you know how it is if if uh, if she wants me to have an opinion, she tells me what it is. So it works out really well that way so uh, anyway i love the no. <laughs> power that you know that's the power of um a good wife yes she knows how to <laughs> gently make it 
sound like it's your idea. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, she's very uh, subtle about it. She's not demanding. <laughs> she's very subtle. And uh, so uh, we'll go with that as my answer. And I'll keep, I'll keep the homestead happy. So I love it. What is your favorite post-race food? So what do you love to eat after you finish racing? Ice cream. I like donuts and hamburger and burgers, so which we had a lot of when we left Maryland. So you said donuts and hamburgers. Donuts and hamburgers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I wouldn't say Chick Fil A, but they're closed on Sunday, and so I couldn't get Chick Fil A. But I waited till Monday on the way home from from Cambridge, Maryland, and uh, got my Chick Fil A. So I love it. Did you guys drive to to Cambridge? We did, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we hit uh, on the way out. We first hit Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. And then we uh, hit Five Guys Burgers uh, that afternoon to get the burger fixed. And then, uh, yeah, because it was on a Sunday. So, yeah, we drove back. We have so much equipment rolling around. It's just easier if we possibly can to uh, drive. To so. drive. Okay, okay. Hawaii was, Hawaii was too long of a drive. So we, I, we flew to Hawaii. <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, yeah. what is your post-race or pre-race breakfast? Mm. What do you like to eat in the morning? Peanut butter banana. I love. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually have oatmeal and a uh, a peanut butter cliff bar. So okay, okay. Now this is a question that's it's getting a little personal, and I mm-hmm. just need you to answer it as honest as possible. Okay. And everyone who comes on here answers this. All right. When you're in a race, do you pee on the bike or do you get off and take a proper pee? Oh no. I- I, I go on the bike. I'm not stopping dad. I'm not stopping dad. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And he's sitting in a seat. So it's not the, not the nicest thing when he's done, but yeah, he's, we, we figured out he is just better for him to go and then uh, let it air dry. And then um, it works out better. So, so I, I get the full athlete experience. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I I've done both where uh, I've had to stop and go, but um, yeah, many times that, uh, you just let it go right there. And um, it's hard to get used to doing it. You get to take some practice. I wouldn't say uh, try it for the first time in your race. And I would say look around you first to make sure no one else is around. <laughs> so uh, you're not as discreet as you think. <laughs> I love it. And that's right, Johnny. It is the full athlete experience. Like, you know, at some point or another, you have to do it. And guess what? I've done it. Other athletes have done it. So welcome to the club. <laughs> I will tell you that the the funniest thing that people brought up when we first started doing these races, and I thought they were messing with us, that you don't wear underwear under your, your bike shorts. And I said, well, that's insane. Why, you know, but but you realize later, hey, eight or nine hours with underwear chafing uh, is not a pleasant thing. But mm-hmm. I thought people were messing with us. So if you start getting advice from people, it doesn't hurt to double check on the Internet. Is that real? But uh, the uh, no underwear thing is real. And it yeah. took me a while to figure that out. But it's uh, it's very real because yeah. otherwise your bottom would not appreciate you. Uh, would be screaming at you. <laughs> yeah. Or the nice bike shorts that are built for that kind of activity. Well, I am so overwhelmed with joy that I got an opportunity to have not only Johnny Agar, but Jeff Agar, the dynamic duo. (laughs) You know, you guys have overcome so much together and over throughout your lifetime, Johnny. But most importantly, you've never given up on yourself and you've continued to push yourself beyond what is even seemingly imaginable. And so I just want to salute you, Johnny and Jeff Agar, for who you are and for overcoming and for setting a precedent that truly anything is possible. And whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. Thank you for coming on my podcast. I know my listeners have enjoyed it. We've had a range of emotions from tears to laughs, but most importantly, we've learned so much from you. So thank you so much. Are there any final words you want to say, Johnny? I I just wanted to say uh, thank you to this community because it's taught me so much in life. And it's, you know, it's, uh, you guys have been such a blessing to me, and so it's great that hopefully um, one day I can pay it forward to your audience. So, well, you're paying it forward now because mm-hmm. you tried beginner's luck and you didn't give up. With that said, I'm Ashonda, and we are out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need-
need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.